Amen. Well, praise the Lord and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. You are here with us today in the house of faith, our hour of power. Today we're doing, we're conducting a faith lab um, today. You know, I will be explaining that for those who are new to this. I'll be explaining that in just a little bit. Um, you know, I I was privileged the last the first three days of this week to uh, teach in the singles and married uh, club, uh, Sister Nadine. I did uh, ping you to the stage if you want to come. Uh, that's good. They invited me there. Um, and, um, you know, I was there teaching, teaching on the principles of the oracles of God. And, you know, and I gave out you know, some instructions on how to really walk this faith, you know, to make sure it works for you all the time and get, you know, get the results almost a hundred percent. So today I'm just going to give a brief summary just in case, you know, somebody is new to this concept. Um, but it's so powerful. Uh, today's topic is faith with action is believing that's today's topic you know so um and i'm going to talk about the four actually in in, in that lesson that i did over the three-day period i talked about seven principles of the oracles of god but today i'm gonna condense and talk about the four essentials of faith that we find in hebrews 11 and 13 and I gave a an acronym out of that, which I will also repeat today for the benefit of those who are hearing this for the first time, or maybe hearing for the first time. In Hebrews 11 and 13, of course, the chapter of Hebrews 11, talking about the heroes of faith and all the incredible things that they perform. Not really incredible, you know, the same things that we can do and perhaps even more today. You know, and uh, it was it was just the things that were written about them. Um, but the, there is a there are four key things that I want to bring out of that one simple verse in Hebrews eleven and thirteen. Four key elements, and I will give it the way I gave it, and I've been teaching about this for a long time. I'll give it the same way today. I call it faith specs. S-P-E-C. And we see the S-P-E-C concept in that verse. It said, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. So that's the S. And they were persuaded of them. That's the P. And embraced them. That's the E. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in here. That's the C. So these four essentials of faith. See the promise. In other words, search the scriptures. John 5 and 39. Jesus said to them, search the scriptures. Because in, they are they that testify of me. You know, you think that's where you have answers. So search the scriptures. So this is the way it works. Our faith, in order to be valid, must be based on the word of God. We cannot just have faith in faith itself. You know, we have to find faith in the word of God. As he says in the book of Lamentation 3, and 37 who is it that saith and it comes to pass when the lord has not commanded it 
you know, so in order for it to come to pass, it better be something the Lord has already commanded. If the Lord didn't command it or the Lord didn't say it, maybe it will come to pass. Maybe it won't. We don't know. But if it is based on the word of God, that's the first step. So before we even pray, we need to find some. Sometimes people do this unconsciously anyway, but we need to be intentional about looking for the promise of God that relates to the thing that we're about to pray. Do your homework. Don't even start praying. Don't even start asking unless you find a promise. There are some blanket promises, but there are specific promises. And when we pray, we need to be specific, not just vague prayers like God bless me. You know, what does that mean? He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You know, so what does it mean for God to bless us? So be specific when you're looking for, uh, you know, an answer to a, a problem. Be specific. That's the S. Search the scriptures. Find the promise. See the promise in the word of God. That's number one. You know, again, in Isaiah 8 and 20, it says, look, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. So you all, it always has to be according to the word of God. That's how it has to be. If it is not according to the word of God, then it doesn't carry any light. And remember that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So that's the S. The P is to be persuaded. <laughs> you must be persuaded that God is able to do what he said he would do. You know, we are told, you know, the story of Abraham in Romans chapter 4. You read about uh, 19 and 20. He says, look, he staggered not at the you know, promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith and he was persuaded that God was able to do what he promised. So that's the P. P means we must be persuaded that God, look, being persuaded is non-negotiable. You know, it's like the three, the three Hebrew boys, when they were facing the penalty of death to be cast into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were given a one last opportunity to deny their faith, you know, and they said, look, we know that our God is able and he will deliver us. So that part is non negotiable now whether he chooses to do it or not that's his that's his own prerogative but we know that he is able and he will deliver us so that's being persuaded you cannot that's non-negotiable he that comes to god must believe that god is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him so that's non-negotiable the e i'm talking about the faith specs just you know a quick summary in case somebody is new to this faith lab that we're going to do here um the e is to embrace the promise and you're persuaded but how do you embrace it well most any believer that's in the world of any kind they believe that god is able to do all things <laughs> you know but the problem the challenge is do you believe this for this particular situation when jesus came to the grave of lazarus he spoke to Martha, said, your brother shall rise again. And she went on a rant. Well, I know you will rant, you rising again, the resurrection and all this stuff. And Jesus, Jesus wasn't talking about her though. I said, look, let's come back right here. <laughs> I'm right here. I am the resurrection and the life. You know, forget all that future stuff. Right here, right now. Do you believe this? You know, so when we believe that God can raise the dead, you know, ask any any person who you know professes to be a believer they'll tell you god can raise the dead 
But if we were to lose somebody in your own family, do you believe this? Do you believe that God can do that particular thing in this particular situation? So that's embracing it. You know, so it's not just a general, you know, I believe God can do all things. Yes, we know that. But do you believe that God can do this thing? Believest thou this is what Jesus asked her. You know, but she was looking everywhere else, but not this. You know, so you must embrace it for your particular situation. And then the C, of course, we are talking faith specs. S-P-E-C. Help you to remember, you know, how to practice this thing. C, of course, is the confess. Look, Romans chapter 10 tells us, in, in your heart, you, you know, you say, oh, I have faith and so forth. But with your mouth, you confess. You know, you can't do it any other way. You know, so confessing what you believe and moving, you know, the, the, the part that I'm going to talk about today is moving into action. But this one I'm talking about is the basis of how faith works. The confessing part is so critical because the, your voice carries the power, the power. Psalm 103 and verse 20 gives us a very critical uh, element of this understanding. It says, praise the Lord, ye angels that excel in strength. So right away we see that there are different categories of angels. You know, there are the ones, you know, the most powerful ones that excel in strength. They are hearkening to the, you know, voice of his word. That means you give voice to God's word the angels are waiting to carry it out. Uh, but if you don't, you know, then what? And the Lord showed me this a long time ago. And I often say, look, this is the kingdom of heaven is like, this is my own parable now. Kingdom of heaven is like, you know, a bunch of angels that are standing around idle. Whereas you see another set of angels moving up and down so fast and going and running and to and fro. And they're coming back and doing and giving report and so on. And you say, hey, what's happening? Why are these ones so active? And why are these other ones so, you know, idle? It almost looks as if they are bored. Well, because some people are commanding. They are giving voice to the word, you know, and those angels are moving on their behalf. Remember, angels sent to be ministering spirits on your behalf. You know, and the others, you know, because the person to whom they were assigned, they're just not doing anything. They're not, they're not believing. They're not putting action to what they say they have faith for, you know, so those angels are doing nothing, you know, so that's the confession part, and confession is so amazing, you know, a, a man called Abram changed his name from Abram to Abraham as a part of his confession, and every day that his friends would call him Abraham, that was part of his confession. You know, so he changed, he used what he believed in his heart, which is his faith. He moved it into action and changed his name. I mean, you might say, well, the Lord told him to do that. Well, he might not have done it. You know, but the Lord told him to do it and he did it. And he, you know, and then his friend said, don't call me Abraham anymore. Call me Abraham. You know, because I will be the father of nations. <laughs> and his friends might have laughed at him and said, father of nations, you don't even have a child. Are you going to be a father of nations? We are here with all our children, you know, and we don't call ourselves father of nations. You, you don't have a child. You will be father of nations. How are you going to be even more valiant than all of us put together? 
Well, he said, I will be the father of nations. That's what you call me from now on. <laughs> you know, so every day he was putting his faith into action by even changing his name. You know, so, you know, this is the background for the faith specs. You know, we've gone through that very, very rapidly, very quickly. You know, so the next element that I want to talk about before we go into the faith lab is, you know, how does this actually work? We talked about it when we were covering the principles of the oracles of God. You know, you can find in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to 14, you know, the writer of Hebrews said, look, for when for the time that ye ought to be teachers, we still need to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You know, but you say, grow up already. You know, move from drink drinking milk to strong meat. Because, you know, the strong meat belongs to those who are skillful. Skillful in this word of faith. They know how to use it. So, you know, we develop skill. How do we develop skill? You practice. You know, you practice. You know, a kid that wants to learn bicycle riding, they practice, 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 practice. You know, we practice the presence of the Lord. We practice these things. And, you know, those who have their senses exercised by reason of use, they become experts in these things. You practice. You know, after a while, it becomes second nature to you because you've been practicing it. But at first, you may have to, you may struggle with it, but you stay with it. You know, so you stay with it. You know, we also looked at Mark chapter 11, the story of Jesus and the fig tree that wasn't producing. When Jesus saw the fig tree and said, you know, well, let me, let me just digress a little bit. One of the reasons why Jesus wasn't happy with that fig tree, it wasn't just because the fig tree was not producing, but it was because the fig tree had the appearance of producing, but didn't produce. Because afar off, it had leaves, it looked like it was good and everything, but no. He didn't have what Jesus was looking for. Revelation 3 1 says, Thou art, you know, look like you have a name that you leave, but you are dead. You have a name that you leave. So appearances, fake appearances is what Jesus used to call hypocrisy. So he talked to the tree and said, Nobody will eat of you after this anymore. So the tree died, but it didn't look like anything happened right away until the disciples came back the next day and they said, oh wow, the tree you cursed yesterday is dead. <laughs> and Jesus would bring forth a tremendous set of principles here. And he said, look, if you, well, first you have faith in, in God, that's good. But <laughs> you got to move that faith into action, you know. And how do you do it? If you speak, not pray, if you speak to the mountain and you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Then you shall have whatsoever you said. So I brought in those two additional principles, you know, and then I said, last but not the least, praising God. While you are waiting for the results, we see the story that best exemplifies that in the Bible, story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles and 20, you know, after they were outnumbered by Mount Seir, Moab, and Ammon, you know, they were outnumbered many, many times. And the word of the Lord came to them and said, look, don't worry about it. God is going to fight for you. Tomorrow you go down and meet them and do this and the other. When Jehoshaphat heard the promise of God giving them victory, what did he do? He worshipped. You know, <laughs> he worshipped. You know, so, and when he worshipped, he actually appointed singers and praisers. You know, he remembered 
you know the uh, some of the some of the writings and some of the instructions of David and so on. You know, David, the sons of Asaph, and everybody. He found the ones that knew how to praise the Lord. You know, with the beauty of holiness, with tambourines and instruments and so forth. You know, and he began to praise the beauty of holiness even before they actually went out to the battle. And not only that, he took he reorganized the army. And he put all the military generals and the commanders of the military in the back. He put the people that could praise the Lord in the front. What does that mean? What does that express to us? Well, that's the last of the seven principles of how you get the oracles of God working for you. First one is based on the scriptures. See the scriptures. Be persuaded. Second one, number three. Be embracing for the particular situation. Number four, begin to confess it. And as you confess it, it opens up into these other ones where Jesus said, when you say it, that's number five, not just pray now. When you say it, you're saying it, you know, then you don't doubt, but you believe. That's number six. And finally, you praise God ahead of the victory. So Jehoshaphat, he did that. He praised the Lord ahead of the victory. And the next thing you know, God began to, you know, discomfit their enemies. You know, Ammon and Mount Seir you know, uh, collided together, fought Moab, destroyed Moab, then they faced each other, destroyed each other, you know, and all that, you know, so they got the victory, you know, without the, the those who uh, had the military prowess getting involved, you know, there was a praising the Lord ahead of the battle because they heard the word of promise, you know, so what do you do when God gives you a word? So that's the faith lab. So I've gone through it very quickly. You know, what we do in these faith labs is, you know, what is a lab? Well, a laboratory is where, when I was a young man, you know, I, you know, I, I loved chemistry, physics, and all this, and mixing things up, see what comes out. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, it starts out as an experiment, a, an exper you know, place to experiment. You know, that's, you know, generally, that's what people think of in a lab. But no, that's not the only thing that happens in a lab. You know, pharmaceutical products are actually developed, you know, and produced in a lab as well. So even though you may start out as experimenting and so forth, if you have your senses exercised by reason of use, this faith lab becomes something that actually produces for you. You know, so today's topic is faith with action is believing. Now, you as an individual, must do this for yourself. You must do it for yourself. You can't, nobody's going to do it for you. You know, and, you know, people are always looking for a prophetic word from here or there. They're running from, to, from pillar to post. They're going from room to room looking for a prophetic word. That is, that is pitiful when you already have that power lies within you. You know, in the book of Exodus, you know, chapter 19, Verses 5 and 6. God said to these people, children of Israel, I want you to be a kingdom of priests. <laughs> you know, a kingdom of priests. You know, wow, that is so powerful. You know, that is a dual role where there will be kings, there will be priests. And we see that throughout the scriptures. In the book of Revelation, we see that has made us kings and priests. You know, and that's what God intended for them to do. To be priests and kings. You know, and God told them, gave them that invitation. Well, Peter referred to that later in First Peter chapter two, verse nine. That's when he says, "You are a royal generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, and all that, peculiar people." 
you know, but they turn around in the next chapter, in Exodus 20, you know, when they saw the glory of God, you know, Mount Sinai, you know, all together in a smoke and so forth. They saw the power of God. They saw great things happening, you know, thunderings and all of it. And they said, we can't hear the voice of God. <laughs> you know, we can't hear the voice of God. We're going to die. You know, so you, Moses, go hear the voice and then come tell us. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, men and brethren, this is how Moses became a prophet unto them. God didn't intend for prophets. <laughs> you know, he wanted to speak directly with those people, call them to be kings and priests, but they turned it down. And that is the most pitiful thing that I've ever read in that Bible. We don't want to be a part of God. We don't want the voice of God. I'm going to run to somebody to prophesy over my life. No, you need to stand for yourself. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 2. He says, look. You yourself, shake off, you know, that dust. Shake yourself from the dust. Lose yourself from the bands around your neck. You know, don't wait for somebody else to do it. You have that power. It's within you. Holy Ghost has been given. And if, if, if not, well, we can help you with that. We can help you to understand how to get into the realm of power. You yourself flowing in the prophetic realm. You don't need anybody to be prophesying over you. You don't need to be running. In fact, no direct word, no direct word to you that is for your life should come first to you from somebody else. <laughs> you know, God might give you a confirmation, but he already has to speak to you first. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I give to them eternal life and a stranger they will not follow because they know not the voice of strangers and they shall never perish. No one can pluck them out of my hand. Well, are you his sheep? You know, if I'm God's child, why can't he speak to me directly? Why can't I speak to God directly even more? You know, so I'm not a bastard. Why do I need somebody else? So this faith lab that we're teaching and doing and practicing is about you. It's not about me calling people up here and praying and prophesying over you. You know, we can do that too, but it's not about that. But it is about you taking charge yourself. Remember, in the beginning, God said, after they come into my image and likeness, let them have dominion. Dominion. That's the thing. So you're supposed to have dominion yourself. You know, Adam didn't need anybody else telling him what to do. You know, God put inside of him a complete package. In, 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 you know, when God breathed into him, the Bible says, Genesis 2 and 7, he became a good living soul. But that breath that God put inside of him was a complete package. He knew everything instantly, <laughs> just like God, you know, and God would say, okay, fine. You know, the man is here now. Let me take a rest. Adam, you know, what say you to these things? You know, and whatever Adam said went, you know, so this is where God wants us to be. You know, the place that you have dominion, the place where you have authority and use it. Well, actually, authority is less than dominion. Authority is a little here and there. Dominion is rulership. Rulership. Whatever you say goes. You know, and the reason that most of us don't really have dominion right now is because we're not ready yet to come into the likeness and image of Christ. That's a critical, you know, premise to that. And remember, when we were teaching this, and I forgot to say this earlier, most promises in the Bible carry also preconditions or what you might call a premise. You know, this condition of having dominion, the premise is coming to the character 
of God. Be like the Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. This is what we were predestined to become. Like the Christ. Is to have the image of God. He's the firstborn among many brethren. But he's not the only one. You know, we're to look exactly like him. We're to talk like him. We're to act like him. We're to behave like him. And if that's the case, well, how did Jesus do it? You know, look at the things that Jesus did. You know, there is no food to feed thousands of people. No problem. What do you have there? You know, two loaves, five fishes, whatever. That's good. That's good enough. You know, kingdom man has no problems. He can just break those uh, bread and bless the fishes and boom, he can feed thousands. You know, walk on the water, no problem. Speak the word. You know, they told Jesus, speak the word only. He can speak the word only and it will come to pass. I mean, he took charge. And this is what we must do. We must be in charge. And we must also take charge. Take charge in the things. And listen, let me bring this also here before we go into prayers. You know, the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4. We're talking about verses 6 and 7. It says, look. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7. Very important. And the peace of God passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds at rest through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what God wants to do for us is not constantly doing things for us. <laughs> he actually wants you to do things yourself. You know, and then, you know, it's amazing how the peace of God, what God wants you to have is to be in charge. And when you are in charge, it's not about, you know, that scripture doesn't say, oh, you know, when you, you know, when you are not anxious and when you commit it to God with thanksgiving, then that God is going to move and do these things. No, he said, look, and the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your hearts and minds. So God wants to just relax. And let you be in charge. That's what Jesus did. They went into the boat. He knew the storm was coming. But he went to sleep. Because he wanted the disciples to be in charge. And he knew they could be in charge. But they disappointed him. So when he woke up. He not only rebuked. Or when they woke him up. He not only rebuked the storm. But he also rebuked the disciples. You know. So let's not be a disappointment. You know to the Lord. The Lord knows that you can handle the storm. That's why he goes to sleep. He knows you can do it because he already said, let us go over to the other side. He didn't say, let us go into the, uh, you know, he didn't say, let us go into the, into the uh, water and perish there. No, he said, let us go over to the other side. And every day would have latched on to the word that Jesus spoke, which is what we are teaching in this room, is take that word that he said. You know, and don't deviate from it. Remember, the word of God will sustain itself. It has creative power. It has the power to change situation because it's the word of God. You know, and that's how did God do it in the beginning? He just said, look, whatever was in his mind, he called it forth. You know, let there be light. You know, and there was light. Let there be this, let there be that, and so forth. You know, so, you know, when you hear that word, when you find that word in the scriptures, you latch onto it, it will sustain itself. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed which a man planted in the ground. Mark chapter 4. You know, and you don't know how it brings forth, but it brings forth, you know, the ground brings forth of itself. First, 
the blade. It looks little thin like a, like grass. Next, you know, it brings forth, you know, the, 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 the corn and then the full air, you know, and so forth. You know, so even though it starts out little as once, just hang in there. Believe the Lord. Elijah, you know, saying to his servant, you know, of course the Lord said, look, it's going to rain. And this is another principle that we got to understand, which is, you know, what we're going to do today. You know, just because God promised something <laughs> doesn't mean you're just going to get it. The devil is going to have something to say about that. You know, so you got to contend for the promises of God. You know, you got to contend. Elijah knew the rain was coming. He prophesied to Ahab that the rain was coming, but he didn't go to eat and drink like Ahab. He actually went to pray. You, you know, some, you know, put his head down between his knees and began to pray that rain down. God already said the rain's coming. You know, why you got to keep doing that? Well, you got to put action behind your faith. You got to put action behind it. So he says to his servant, go check out the rain. The man comes and says, there's nothing. Then he puts, he prays some more and says, go check it out again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep checking it out. And first, you know, and then the next thing you know, there's a cloud like a man's hand. And he say, yeah, that's good. And then I pray some more. Go check it out some more. And before you know it, there's a torrential downpour of rain. My goodness, the sound of abundance of rain. Because Elijah wouldn't quit. He, be, he hung on to the promise and began to put his action to it. So you must, when you have the promise of God, you got to put action to it. When Jesus said, you know, let us go on to the other side, then you take that promise, you put action to it. When there is storm that arises on the way, you say, no, Jesus already said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say, let's go into the middle of the water and perish. So you put your action to it and you put your foot down and you believe God. When the psalmist, he said, look, you know, by my God, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walking through means you are coming out on the other side. <laughs> you know, if you walk into the valley, that's a dead end. But when you walk through, then you are coming out on the other side. And I talk to a lot of people. I say, hey, what's happening? They say, well, I'm going through some things right now. And I say to people, well, by your own admission, you are telling me that you are coming out on the other side. Or going through means you are coming out on the other side. So God wants us to take charge of our situation. Take charge. You know, what does he say in Romans chapter 10? Look, don't wait for Christ to come down from heaven. Don't go and look from him in the grave because he's no longer there. But what saith it? The word is already in your mouth. <laughs> you know, it's he's giving it to you. Why did God take his rest on the seventh day? I ask people this question all the time. So people say, and traditional culture tells us, oh, God was tired. Well, I say that's a fallacy. God cannot be tired. Isaiah 40 and verse 28 says, you know, he's never weary. <laughs> you know, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep and all these things. He wasn't tired. What it was, was one, he had finished all his imagination. And finally, he imagined himself. So let us make man just like us. So after that, he had reached the peak of his imagination. There's nothing else to imagine. He imagined all these lesser things first and created all of them. Finally, he imagined himself and put the, put the man, that was a capstone of his creation. So done. Secondly, the man is here now. <laughs> let me put him in charge and then I can take my 
rest, relaxing. It's not because he was tired, but he wanted the man to step up and be in charge. And that's what he put him there to do. Remember, Adam was created not in heaven, but here on earth. God didn't create Adam in heaven. He put him right here on earth to have dominion right here. So, and God brought to him situations. Hey, and whatever Adam said, God didn't argue. Hey, what do we do here? What do we call this animal? And Adam said, that's what he, God said. Cool. <laughs> you know, that's it. You know, so that's the same thing where God wants us to be today. And in this faith lab, we want you to begin to step out of the shadows, step out of obscurity and take your rightful place and practice, practice the efficacy of the word of God and put some action to it. Now, if you're believing God, you know, some people are believing God for, my wife is here, you, you can ask her. I have, I will never lie down on the bed to say I'm sick. Doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, look, I'm not going to be in that bed because if you say you are healed, then get up from the bed already. This was the principle that Jesus practiced and the disciples, they practice it too. You know, you know, in Acts chapter three, you know, Peter and John, they took the man by the hand. You know, and pull him up. And they don't stay there. Jesus will tell the people, take up thy bed and walk. <laughs> you know, if you say you are healed, why are you still in bed? This is how you put faith. I mean, you put action to your faith. Action to your faith. Of course, sometimes the mercy of God will override because people don't really know how to do it. But we don't need to continue to be babes. We need to be instructors. Instructors. So we don't need to be babes. And persistence is another key thing. Never give up and never give in. 38 years. This man in John chapter 5 was coming. 38 years. Well, we don't know how many of those 38 years. But of course, you know, he had all this that, that he came there. But he had this infirmity 38 years. And year after year, waiting for the staring and moving of the pool. Because a, an angel came down at a certain season. And whoever so first stepped in after that, staring at the water... <laughs> he was healed or whatever. You know, and Jesus stepped up. Jesus, knowing this man's situation, stepped up to him and says, Would thou be made whole? <laughs> and the man looked at Jesus and said, Are you kidding me? What kind of a question is there? That I'm coming here every time, waiting, camping out here, waiting for the moving of the water of the thing, you know, but I can't get in there quick enough. You know, well, but let me tell you something. The man actually did put action to his faith. He didn't stay at home. He came every time. He was looking for something. He had expectancy. And no miracle can actually happen without expectancy. You know, you know, had expectation in his heart. But he was looking in the wrong place. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's not about the water. It's not about the angel. The master himself is on the scene. Jesus said, forget the water, forget the angel. I'm right here. That's right. <laughs> Today, it's not angel, it's not water, it's none of that. <laughs> you know, I am right here. And that's the problem many times with some of us. We're always looking in the wrong places. Oh, I have nobody to help me. You know, nobody to help me. You know, I look, people where I come from, you know, I grew up in a culture where people are always saying that. Even till this day, you know, people are always saying that, well, nobody helped me. Nobody is going to help you. <laughs> then is the help of man, even if they wanted to. You are going to help yourself. And this man said, well, I don't have anybody to help me, to put me in the water, and so on. 
you know, you know, and many people, when you, you get so close and then you miss it, you're always this close. You almost can test it, but you can't get a hold of it. It's always like the devil cheat you out every time. But let me tell you this by practicing faith and action together, it becomes believing. You know, when you practice some of these things that we're teaching in this room, uh, you know, uh, continuously, you'll find out that you can get, you move from 30 fold to 60 fold and then to 100 fold. That's, you're not going to stop at 30% of getting results. You're not going to stop at 60%. You're going to approximate 100%. That's right. And Jesus was, was 100% all the time. So what are we saying today? We're going to go into this faith lab in a minute. Or in a little bit. We want you to get a hold of the promises of God. For yourself. Don't look for somebody to prophesy over you. Yourself. Snap out of it. Isaiah 52 and verse 2. Shake yourself from the doors. Lose yourself from the bands around your neck. Take charge. Yourself. You are there. <laughs> you know. God put that arm there to take charge. That's what he wants you to do. Take charge right now. You know, sometimes we're just looking, waiting for Jesus to come down from heaven and to do something. You know, no, the word of faith is in your mouth. And when you have it, there shall be a performance of those things that were spoken to you by the Lord if you will act on them. But you must act on what the Lord said. You know, why was it when Peter wanted to pay his taxes? Jesus could have just snapped his hand and given him the coin. He's the creator. He could do that. But no, he wanted him to have some action. You know, he said, go down to your house, get your fishing gear, go down to the lake and then catch the fish and then open up. You got to do all these things, <laughs> you know, before you actually get the coin to pay your taxes. You know, I mean, why? Well, another reason is, you know, Peter had an opportunity to disbelieve God throughout those times. So you'll be tested. The word of God is tried the whole time that he's going down to his house to go and get his fishing gear. The devil be on his shoulder and say, you know, coin in the mouth of a fish? You've never heard any such thing. It's not, what do you mean? That's crazy. You know, give you all kinds of opportunity while you are waiting for the miracle to not believe and to keep, you know, instead of keep moving forward toward the promise, you stand still. And if you stand still, it's relatively, you're actually moving backwards. You know, so you got to believe. You got to do this. When God tells you that the earth is going to perish and I will destroy man you know, in the next 120 years and your name is Noah, God may tell you that, but you are going to have to build the ark. You got, you know, God tells you, you know, look, I will preserve you and your house and so forth. The storm is coming, but you have to build the ark. God's not going to build the ark for you. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not going to build that ark. You are going to build the ark yourself. He may tell you the storm is coming, but you are going to have to build that ark. Now, if you are at the Red Sea, Pharaoh chasing down be behind you and so forth, the, the Red Sea is in front of you, no place to go, and you stand there crying to God, the Lord is going to tell you, go forward. You have to go forward. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you go forward and you take that step, you got to believe God that the sea will open. You never know. The sea might just open up on the left and on the right. And then you can pass through on dry land. But as long as you stand there, as long as you stay in that place, it's still going to be the Red Sea. But you must go forward. Why are you crying out to me? What is in your hand already? 
you know, and many of you are here, the beginning of your miracle is already in your hand, and it's even in your mouth, you know, because when what you say with your mouth is so powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot be saying, I'm believing God, you know, or I have faith with God in, in your mouth, in your heart, and your mouth is saying something totally different, you know. By your mouth, you'll be justified, you know, or you can be condemned, you know. As a man saith or declares, you know, with your mouth, Proverbs 6 and 2, and many other scriptures, you know that, you know that, look, this is how God is going to work on your behalf when you put your faith to action. So what is this faith lab? Well, a faith lab is a place where you come to the state, like in a room like this, I don't want you to stay in the audience. <laughs> you know, come to the stage and release your faith. You know, and let me tell you another thing about, you know, how powerful faith works. You know, don't be messing around, you know, with people who say you can't do that. There is no such thing as you can't do something. It's not in the word of God. There are many examples of trailblazers in the Bible. You know, trailblazers. All the generations before Enoch, they all died. You know, how did Enoch know that he can walk with God and not die? How did Moses know that he can open the Red Sea? You know, I mean, all these things that people had never done, never happened before. Even Noah, people told him, you know, there's never been any rain. <laughs> you know? So, you know, look, don't let anything or anybody or any devil tell you you can't do that. You know, of course you can. All things are possible. Mark 9 and 23. If you believe God, you know, you can do it. You know, the, the, the only thing that limits you is what you are limited by. You know, what you see, the vision. You know, God told Abraham, look, come out here and look on all the plains and so forth. And as far as your eye can see, I give it to you. That's right. <laughs> as far as your eye can see, you got to expand your faith horizons. But then you put it into action. You, you got to go and possess the land. You can't be like, you know, those children of Israel that say, we can't go up and possess the land. Caleb said, of course, we can. We will not only go up, we will destroy the people because they are bread for us. You know, we will have them for lunch. That's right. Now, that's some faith with action. Let us go up at once. <laughs> you know, Caleb and Joshua, they're the only ones that believe God. The rest of the people, they disbelieve God, even though God gave them these incredible promises. You know, and the same God that brought them out of Egypt destroy them in the wilderness because they would not believe. I'm going to be talking about that in another room shortly. Not today, but soon. You know, I'm going to be talking about that. You know, how people die in the wilderness, even though God's promise and plan was for them to get to the promised land. You know, so, but today, nobody is dying today. Hallelujah. Remember, Elijah said to the Shunammite woman, you know, go do this. And she said, oh, this and that. You know, I only got this left and so forth. You know, Elijah said, look, you know, you only have one little thing, a small thing to bake cake and all that. That's good. Because the woman said, well, let me go do this, bake it and die. I eat my last meal with my son and we die. And Elijah said, no, nobody is dying today. But you go do as you say, but bring me first. That's right. It's always action with your faith if you believe the word of god if this woman say i believe the word of god well you know if you believe that the barrel of me will not fail and the crucifier you know and all these things you know but you bring me first hallelujah 
you know, so Jesus, that's what he wants us to do today. He wants you to put your faith into action. Jesus was never impressed with people that didn't have faith. You know, he always rebuked them. Why are you of so little faith? How come did you doubt? But he was always impressed with tremendous faith. You know, when you put your faith into action, when you don't let God, you know, Isaiah 43 and 26 says, come and declare it that you might be justified. Come and declare it. Let us reason together. Plead your cause. So you take the word of God, you're going to plead your cause. That is faith lab for you today. And in a minute, after I you know, open up the room and let uh, you, know, uh, you know other people who are on the stage speak, then we are going to, not in a minute, in a few minutes, then we are going to go into a declaration. Declaration. I'm not going to pray for anybody, but you're going to declare things for yourself. Isaiah chapter, this is the last verse, and I will use my mic. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 7. You know, this is a critical declaration that everybody should know how to make for themselves. You know, Isaiah 50 and verse 7. Let me open it up and read it. You know, you, it's, it's called, I call it the declaration of faith. You know, this is how you take your stand in the face of circumstances or whatever is going on around you. You take your stand. This is what Isaiah said. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I shall not be confounded. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. I'm going to put my game face on. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. God has given you the victory already. Walk in that victory. You know, enforce the victory that God has already purchased for us. Don't back down and don't give up. And today you take the word, you pronounce it. And if you have, if you ever need a prayer, a partner, look for somebody that has some real faith. You know, don't, don't hang around with people that are negative and unbelieving. They will only pull you down. If you can get together with somebody that has some real faith, which is what we're going to do in this room today, then whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. I'm going to believe God with you, but you pray for yourself, and that's it. It's going to come to pass. There shall be a performance. But you, you know, you wait patiently and praise the Lord while you're waiting for the alcohol. And you don't give up. You don't doubt. You don't let the voice of reason come and tell you, you know, like Abraham's promise, you know, that he had. And then the voice of reason through his wife. Well, we're too old. We can't do that, you know, and all that. You know, go into my maid. No, you don't let the voice of reason. You stay with the word and you stay on it. And you keep on believing, you keep on confessing, and you keep on thanking God. And it shall come to pass. God bless you, everyone. Uh, Pastor Yato, and I say we are ready. Are you ready to walk the stones of fire this morning? Are you ready to take a hold of the promises of God and believe God and see things in action? We're going to do that in a little bit. We am opening up the room again. And here we're going to go into the action part right now. So, you know, I am going to just, uh, you know, I'm going to ask my wife to help me send uh, invites to everybody that's in the, uh, you know, that's in the audience. And, uh, you know, I want you to come up. Not to speak, but we're going to do a declaration. So come up. You know, come to the stage. We're going to do a declaration. But, you know, while she's doing that, are you there, honey? Are you there? 
Oh yes. Yes. Send in. Send an invite to everyone. Everyone that's in the audience. Everyone that's in the audience. Let let everybody come to the stage. You know, if you if you get an invite, you know, don't sit back. Accept it. Come to the stage. This is something unique. <laughs> this is something different. You know. So okay. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Romans four and seventeen. While she's doing that, God commanded things. You know that are not as though they already were you know so and look you know we have the ability to do the same we have the ability don't let any i don't care what it is even inanimate objects you know i have gone twice one to the front of the house and one to the backyard trees that died in my house i spoke them back to life we planted four citrus trees in a backyard one of them that my wife liked you know, died and were just withered away. I went over there. I took the scriptures, Job chapter 14 and verse 7. And I said, there is hope of a tree that even though it be dead and rotten in the earth and so forth like that, that through the scent of water, it will come alive again. I put a little water on it again. I said, you heard the word, you come alive. That tree is blossoming today. You know, there is nothing, you know, that is nothing that can withstand the power of the word of God when you put it to action like that. You know, when you put it to action, there was another shrub in the front of the house many, many years ago. It was dying. It was a little tree, you know, a shrub and it was dying. You know, somebody poured something on it and it died. You know, I went there, I spoke to it, did something. The thing is alive and well today. You know, so any, it doesn't matter. If it's in God's kingdom, you have dominion over it. Hallelujah. You know, and so come to the stage. And here's what we are going to do. You know, I said before during this, the, during this lesson that look, I'm not going to, I'm not here to give you a prophetic word. I already gave you the prophetic word. <laughs> you know, this is the, this is the prophetic word. I have brought the word of God to you. That's it. You know, the word of God, you know, comes to the prophet. And I have brought you the word today. Now, so this business of prophesying individually over you, I'm not doing that today. You, yourself, Isaiah 52 and verse 2. You yourself, shake yourself from the dust. Snap yourself out of it. Break the bands that are around your neck. You are going to do it by yourself. So that's why we're bringing you up to stay. And this is so powerful. You've never experienced this before. Maybe not. But look. All you need is one more person that has some real faith. Don't hang around people that don't believe anything. <laughs> you know, but you got me right here. I can tell you something. I may, you know, I took this faith challenge when I was a young man. I took this faith challenge once I began to understand. I said, look, when I get, when I eventually stand before the Lord to give an account for my life, there's one thing that's not going to happen. You know, I'm not going to be in a position where, you know, God will say you didn't believe. I am going to believe God for everything. Now, if, you know, he, you know, he owns the prerogative, you know, he, you know, he can override, he can do whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to believe God for everything, you know, everything. And as some people are born with the gift of faith and it's easier for them. For me, it is by the grace of God. I, you know, I started to discover this faith in my life when I was about the age of five. I didn't even know it then that it was faith or anything. But I, you know, one day I went outside and it was raining, you know, and I don't know how I knew. I just figured out that I can, you know, tell the rain to stop. And I did, you know, and then it stopped maybe five or six. I only remember roughly because of the house we were living in at the time. And I knew what age I was, 
what age bracket I was when we were in that house. And then, you know, back and forth, I was, you know, I was playing with the idea that, you know, you can actually stop the rain, you can ask you to start again, you can stop the rain. And I did it a few times, and I was just having a ball, enjoying myself. I ran inside, told my siblings, you know, and they just loved me to scorn. You know, I was the youngest of the family. They said, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, you, you drain stop on its own. Well, you know, I didn't let that thing stop me. And I thank God that, you know, from that time till today, you know, that commanding faith has been a part of my life, you know, and, uh, you know, and you don't just, you know, talk the talk, you walk the walk, you put action to your faith. So those of you who are on stage today, here's what we are going to do. I'm not asking you to speak. You've already been through that. But we are going to do this. Isaiah 43 and verse 26. You know, I want those of you who are on stage, you know, I'm going to read this to you. You know, this is how we do it. You know, um, this is, you know, this is how we do this. This is God you know, opening it up to you. It's like me opening up this room and telling you, come to the stage. Well, this is how God opened up his own too, to you already and told you to come and do it. You know, so what are you waiting for? You know, so here's how we're going to do it. Isaiah 43 and verse 26. It says, put me in remembrance of what I've already said, basically. Well, you can't do that if you don't know what he said. <laughs> you know, So you've got to search the scriptures. So as you are coming to this stage here, I don't want anybody to come here and pray this vague prayer like, God bless me. That doesn't mean anything. God has already blessed you. What is it that you want him to do? So find a scripture. That's what we talked about today. Faith specs. The first S is to seek the word of God. Search the word of God. Find a scripture. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Then be persuaded for that God is able to do it. That's non-negotiable. Then embrace it for yourself and into that particular situation. Don't just say God is able to do everything. We know that. That doesn't help you. Let God be able to do this one thing. Believest thou this? Is what Jesus asked Martha. You know, so zero in on the thing that you are believing God for. And as I'm talking now, find a promise in the Bible that you can latch on to. Remember, God's word will sustain itself. And then we're going to confess that scripture. Isaiah 50 and verse 7. This is your declaration of faith. When God has said, declare thou that thou mightest be justified, put it in remembrance. Let us plead together. Plead your cause together. Declare it that thou mightest be justified. Then you go over here to Isaiah 50 verse 7 and say, this is my declaration of faith. I know the Lord God is going to answer me. I know he will not put me to shame. I will set my face like a flame. I'm going to put on my game face. I'm ready for this. I'm fired up. I'm ready. I'm going to get this. This is mine. Hallelujah. And look, when God puts an open door before you, what are you going to do? You got to step through the door. When God puts the, uh, the key in your hand and say, I've given you a key, you know, what are you going to do? The keys are key now. Many people say, I got the keys. They do nothing. You got to use that key. You know, you got to take that action. So that's what you are here today. Now, so it, what, when we go into prayers, I'm going to lead you what we're going to do. You're going to find there are some blanket promises, you know, just in case you don't know. You know, there are people, there are people in this room who are, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, maybe I, uh, you know, need to get married. Maybe I'm single and that, you know, God has 
many promises in the Bible for that, right? You know, so it, it doesn't matter, you know, what it is that you are believing God for. There's always a promise, you know, and you got to do a little bit of homework to find that promise. And when you find that promise, you know, then you latch on to that promise and there is nothing that God cannot do. He even says, Lord, the Lord sets the solitary in families. You know, none of them shall lack their mate. Many promises, promises about healing, promises about, you know, wisdom, promises about, you know, divine, the divine guidance, you know, Psalm 32 verse 8, I will guide you, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. If you're looking for, you know, you know, people, promises that you will not walk in darkness. Jesus said, if any man, you know, come after me, he shall have the light of life. You will not be confused. If you are confused right now, find this promise in the Bible that says, look, if any man follows me, he will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. That means you will not be confused. Find a promise that is relevant to what you are believing God for, you know, and now we're going to take it to the court of heaven, go to speak. But look, really, you know, we just need a cloud of witnesses. That's really all it is. It's already done. It's just a cloud of witnesses. You know, the angels that excel in strength. Remember Psalm 130, I mean 103 verse 20. They are waiting for the voice of God's word from your mouth. So when you put action to it today, this is the faith lab. And then after here, you step out in faith. Hallelujah. Now, if you're believing, if you're believing to get married, then you go and start preparing for it. The Bible says, prepare thy walk, uh, Proverbs 24, I think verse 27. Prepare thy walk in the field and make it fit for thyself. And afterwards, build your house. You know, so, you know, if you're a woman trying to get married, start preparing yourself. The bride makes herself ready, you know, and start acting like it, you know, and, you know, start behaving like this. I mean, whatever it is you are believing God for, this is the hour to put action behind it. And then you can come back and give testimony and it will inspire others. You know, I was in a, in a room just a few days ago teaching this and people were already coming back. I went back, you know, the same room, you know, just a day or two after. And people say, giving testimonies already. Look, this thing works. <laughs> you know, the only reason it doesn't work is because you can't see it. You know, if any place that your eyes can see, God told Abraham, as far as your eye can see, I've given it to you. You know, so don't be limited. Expand your horizon. Isaiah, you know, says the same. He said, look, you know, don't be limited, you know, expand your horizon, widen your stakes, lengthen your cords and expand the place of a habitation. Do all these things. Amen. So we're ready. Are you ready, folks? Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? This is it. This is the hour of faith. Finally, let me tell you this. There is a story that Jesus, you know, we're told in the Bible, Luke 18. This is the one we're going to use to declare our faith this morning. Luke 18 verses 1 to 8. Jesus said this thing for the intent that men ought always to pray. And he gave so many stories. You know, the woman who was asking the judge do something and so forth. But she never gave up. Even though the judge wouldn't do anything at first. And so that Jesus gave her an example that look. You know, don't give up when you're asking God for something. God will answer you speedily. But verse 8 is the one I want to key in today. Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. Jesus said, look, your father which is in heaven will answer you speedily. Though he tarry, wait for it. But now he turns around and says, but nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, I tell you what, 
you know, people traditionally have looked at that scripture to mean that only when Jesus comes back in the so-called second coming, you know, and so forth. But I tell you this, Jesus was talking about prayer daily, getting your needs, you know. So I'll tell you this too. What that scripture means about, you know, beyond the other is that, look, when your answer is just about to be released, you know, when Jesus is about to show up for that situation, will you still be at the point of faith or will you have given up? Will you have given up and then turned around? You know, some people give up. Read the story in Exodus chapter 15. You know, when they were just, God had prepared Oasis, 12 Oasis and things just around the corner when they were getting to Eliam, you know, and they started to grumble. It was just around the corner and they wanted to go back to Egypt. You know, so when your miracle is just about to be released, will you still be at the point of faith? That is Luke chapter 18 verse 8 for you today. So I want those of you who are on stage with us. This is your opportunity. All you need is one more person that can believe God with you. Some person that has some real faith. And you got me here. I will be, whatever it is, if it is according to God's will now. Remember, in case you missed this at the beginning, go back and listen to the replay. I gave a fundamental scripture at the beginning. Lamentation 3 and 37. You know, who is it that saith something and it comes to pass? When God has not commanded it. So you don't just be here commanding things that's not according to his word. Again, Isaiah 8.20. Go back to the word. If you are not speaking according to the word, there's not going to be any light in that situation. That's why you use the word. But if you find the promise, and if it's according to the scripture, I will believe God with you. That's all you need. Just two people. But you are surrounded by a crowd of witnesses today. So for everybody that's on stage, when we do this, you're going to unmute your mic. You're going to look to your left. You're going to look to your right. You're going to look to your top. You're going to look to the bottom. The people that you see on stage with you, never mind yourself. You declare your own declaration and then begin to look at those people. Look at those people and begin to believe God with them. Begin to agree with them. You know, and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing what the power of agreement can do. So. Enough, enough on the teaching, enough on the talking. We're going into action right now. So if you are on stage with me, this, this thing may get rowdy in a minute because everybody's speaking, but don't worry about that. You know, God can distinguish between a, a hundred million voices going on at the same time. It doesn't bother him at all. He's the almighty God. He can distinguish that. But I tell you, among all those voices, he's only looking for the voice of faith. He, all those voices don't mean anything. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. You know, hundreds and thousands of people thronging Christ. And then Christ said, who touched me? You know, <laughs> who touched me? Are you the one? Is that you today that is going to touch God right now? Never mind the person. You can believe God for the person because Job, when he prayed for his friends, that's when his own deliverance came. So believe God for the person next to you. Believe God for the person above you or, or below you in, in, you know, on stage. But know that one thing. Let your voice be heard. Let the angels take your voice today and let them run with it. So I want you to unmute your mic if you are on stage. Do you have a promise? Do you have a promise? Never mind if you have a kid in the background, it doesn't matter. Do you have a promise on what you are believing God for? Declare it with your own mouth. Don't let it stay in your heart. Unless you declare it with your mouth, it's not going to work. 
Declare it with your mouth in the name of Jesus. Declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it that thou mightest be justified. What is it that you are believing God for? Declare it. Those of you who are on stage, release your mic and declare it. If you don't have anything for yourself, declare for somebody else that is next to you. Believe God with them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, I believe God with my brother. I believe God with my sister. Whatsoever. Hallelujah. That they are believing God for in this hour. Ha. I believe God with them that you, Lord, will bring it to pass in their life. No, let them step out by faith. Hallelujah. Step out of the boat. Ah, believe God by faith. Today, Lord, we call for the things that are not as though they already are. In the name of Jesus. An experience today. People are experiencing this faith lab live. Live. Speak to your situation, folks. Speak to that mountain. Speak to the mountain. Whatever it is, speak to it. Don't doubt it, but believe it, and it shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, every mountain that is in front of your people today, I command them to be leveled in the name of Jesus. Leveled in the name of Jesus. Leveled in the name of Jesus. It could be in your family, it could be about your children. It could, whatever it is, look, God has a promise for every situation. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, we believe you, Lord. We are here. We are here. We are here. Hallelujah. God releasing these things in the lives of your people. Hallelujah. This is the hour. This is the hour. This is the hour. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, Believe God 
Put your faith into action. You are not a servant. You are his son. You are his daughter. Come boldly to the throne of grace. In the name of Jesus. Reke toboro no shandalaba. Rianda bakundus kirima toba shikariba sondio. Rialabosh. Eh saborina kanda. Riala kundu shete rima kuna seka ruba shanda. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. Amen, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just, you know, I just put everybody back on mute so we come back on the same page. Listen, I'm going to throw out some promises and you can latch on them. You know, this, this, this Bible, thousands, over 7,000 promises that are in this Bible. You can latch on to anyone that, I know there are singles, you know, because the room that I was in, uh, this last week, where I was teaching on this topic for three days, the room was called, uh, Singles and Married Club. So there's singles in that room, you know, so, you know, and we talk about these scriptures there too. So there is Isaiah, 34 and 16 for you. There's also Psalm 68 and verse 6. You know, and I love these scriptures, especially Psalm 68. I love it. Psalm 34 says that, you know, nobody shall want her mate. You know, Psalm 68 says that, look, God, you know, sets the solitary in families. So you can take that promise to God. But when you have that promise like that, then you start to prepare yourself, you know, there are so many people, there are so many people, especially, well, I don't know, maybe maybe men do it too, but ladies, let me tell you something, you young ladies, if you are waiting to be married, you know, don't be obstinate, don't be arrogant, don't be proud, you know, God, God will send many people your way, or people will come your way, and then they will reject them, and then they will still be praying, <laughs> you know, they will be praying, and God, look, there is no, let me tell you something, hear it from somebody who's been married for a long time. My wife and I, we've been married this year. It'll be 46 years. That's right. 46 years this year. There's a mic open. 
you know, 46 years. And the whole time, the whole time, can you go on mute, please? The whole time we have been married, we have been together. It's not like we were divorced, separated, come back and all that stuff. No. But let me tell you something. You know, there's no perfect uh, person for you at the beginning. You're going to have to work on it. So people are looking for the perfect husband, They're looking for the perfect wife. You will never find it. You know, so and that's why you're probably still unmarried. You know, just when, you know, look. And at the end, you say, wow, Lord, why didn't you ask my prayer? God will remind you of all the people that came your way and you rejected them. You know, so use wisdom. That's not how it works. You know, use wisdom. However, I did, I do say to people, also, don't rush into it just because you're trying to get married. Get the perfect partner for yourself. They will become a prayer partner. Otherwise, they will become a prayer point. Now, you don't want a prayer point. You want a prayer partner. You know, so, you know, but God is, these promises are there. There are promises of healing. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalm 103, who forgiveth all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, by whose stripes you were already healed. In Exodus 15 and 26, I am the Lord that healeth you. You know, I mean, promises everywhere. All of these things. And even there are even some blanket promises. If you all just follow his word. You know, John 15 and verse 7. If a man abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatsoever you will. And it will be done to you. All you have to do is abide in him. And let his word abide in you. Remember, all these promises have conditions. And then on and on and on and on. You know, look, you even have, you have promises, you know, for your children that are not saved, you know, you're, you're looking for them to be saved, you know, you, you're praying for them and so forth, you know, God has even promises for that, right, you know, so here, here are some promises for that in uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 16, thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping, and thy eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, concerning your children, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy, and verse 7 says, And there is hope in thy end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. So these are promises from the Lord. You hang on to these promises. You, you challenge yourself with these promises. You know, God already knows what he said, but put him in remembrance. Here's a good promise. Here's a good one for you to hold on to. Jeremiah, I mean, sorry, Ezekiel chapter 12. You know, let's read uh, verses 25 and 28, you know, that, uh, that the Lord promises. You know, sometimes people say, well, the Lord has forgotten me. His word is not coming to pass. Here's what the Lord said. For I am the Lord, I will speak. And the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall no more be prolonged. For in your days, you know, oh, rebellious house. God didn't like that fact that they didn't believe him. That's why I called them rebellious. For in your days, oh, rebellious house. For they didn't sanctify the Lord in their hearts. Will I say the word, and I will also perform it, saith the Lord. And verse 28 says, Therefore saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, say unto them, and I say unto you today, thus saith the Lord God, there shall none of my words be prolonged anymore. That's a beautiful promise. But the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord. And if you know that, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you hang in there. You know, don't let the devil tell you otherwise. And if you're going to situations, are we not all? <laughs> don't we all? You must climb every mountain. You know, 
Don't let some mountain make you feel like, you know, either climb the mountain, get around it, move it around, bulldoze it, do whatever. By my God, I run through troops. And by my God, I leap over walls. There's no situation with God on your side. There's no situation that you cannot conquer. You know, so you arm yourself with that. And remember, oh, the shield of faith, so powerful. You can quench all the fairy darts. Anything enemy tries to throw at you, you pull up your shield of faith. You know, <laughs> it's the armor of life, it's the armor of righteousness. You pull that up. It's like, you know, a force field. <laughs> you know, you know, may the force of faith protect you. May the force be with you. That's really your faith. It's with you. It's all around. And things will just bounce off, you know, bounce off of you when you have that shield of faith. Hallelujah. Many, many other promises, even promise, you know, promise of the Holy Spirit, even for you and your children. You know, you say for this Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and so on, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to many as the Lord our God shall call. You know, I mean, these promises are there. Acts 16, you know, verse 31. You shall believe the Lord and you will be saved, you and your house. If you're believing God for your salvation of your people, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, what, what more can I say? On and on and on and on and on. So you do your homework. You search the scriptures as you have done today. And you begin to put them into practice. <clears throat> and when the enemy knocks you down, you know, sometimes the devil will chip shot you. Don't stay down for the count. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. For, <laughs> you know, when I am down, I will arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. So don't let the devil gloat over you. Don't stay down for the count. You know, that's the thing. You know, I've watched some good, uh, you know, you know, bouts where a good fighter, they may get knocked down, but they don't stay down the count. I mean, for the count. And in their corner, the corner is saying, get up, get up. The other corner is saying, stay down, stay down. You know, so the enemy is over in the other corner telling you to stay down and throw in the towel. But the Lord, the power of his word and the Holy Ghost is with you in this, your corner, telling you to get up. The righteous man falleth seven times, but he arises again. And here's a beautiful declaration that Habakkuk made in Habakkuk 3 and 17. And verse 38, and verses 17 and 18. Said, though the fig tree does not blossom, you know, though there, you know, I mean, no matter what's going on around me, you know, this man is not going to give in. He's not going to be, uh, bothered by the economic collapse and so forth, you know, he said you know, whether there is fruit in the vines or not, whether the labor of the olive tree fails or not, you know, whether the fields yield no meat or not, he said the flock may be cut off from the, I mean this is like bankruptcy or whatever that this man was facing, you know, whether there be no herd in the vine, say yet will I rejoice in the Lord, hallelujah, can you rejoice in the Lord even in the face of situation that's right, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. In the midst of the storm, can you relax? Or are you going to panic and go to Christ and say, why have you forgotten us? Why are you asleep? You know, he's asleep because he knows you can handle it. You know, you don't need to go wake him up. You got the power. It's with you already. Handle the situation. He already gave you the promise that you are going to the other side. You will not perish on the way. And this 2022, we are going through. 
I told, I told the congregation at our local church at the beginning, at the end of the year, going to the beginning, I said, you're not going into 2022. We are going through. Hallelujah. So God is making us to pass through. Whatever you are facing, know that the Lord is with you. Now, the things that you have declared today, remember, since it was based on the word of God, the word of God will sustain itself. You know, so you don't need to be, you know, if you plant a seed, Jesus said, look, when you plant a seed, you go, you go dig it up. No, the earth brings forth of itself. You don't need to go dig it up. <laughs> don't worry about it. How do you make it? You know, all you have to do is water it. How do you water it? You water it with your declaration and with praising the Lord. So we're going to take the next few minutes. I want everybody once again, you know, to release your mics and begin to praise God. For the things that you prayed about today. Remember, that's how Jehoshaphat did it. Praising God ahead of the physical receiving of the victory. Hallelujah. The wilderness of Tekoa and the valley of Barakai. In the wilderness of Tekoa was where the victory was fought. They praised the Lord ahead. And then they came back later, even in the valley of Barakai and Praise the Lord. So praise the Lord before, praise the Lord during, and praise the Lord after. So I want those of you who prayed the first segment that you are on stage, release your mics again. And this time, begin to praise the Lord. Come on. Now let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Everyone. That's right. Begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is where a lot of people are lacking. People don't want to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the beauty of holiness. If you prayed during the first segment, then open your mic now and begin to praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Begin to praise the beauty of holiness. 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 Open your mics and begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As long as I'm living, I will. Not be silent, I will always worship you, I will not be silent, I will always worship you. As long as I am living, I will always worship you. There is my worship, all of my worship, there is my worship, all of my worship, there is my worship, 
all of my worship. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you the word of the Lord. Because some of you are always waiting for prophetic words. <laughs> so let me give you the word of the Lord. You know, the Lord says to the angels that are excelling in strength. They say, go down there and make sure what Ebon has prayed for gets done. Don't let anything prevent it from happening. You go down there. You see my daughter Maggie over there, what she has declared with her mouth, what she is believing, there shall be a performance of those things. You go down there and make sure they happen. Make sure what she's believing God. And he looks over here and sees you, Samson. <laughs> he looks over there and sees you, Pamela. He looks over there and sees anyone that's on stage. Those of you that have declared. This is the word of the Lord today. Those of you have declared something. The Lord said, call the angels and say, you go down there and make sure it happens. Just like they are believing and just like they are praising me for it. They've already praised me for it. So you go down there and you make sure it comes to pass. And those angels, they excel in strength. Hallelujah. Now, I am going to pray over the room. We have had an awesome, amazing time today. And I'm going to pray over the room. And if there's anything else, the Lord will reveal that also to you. That's how it works. The Lord, he will reveal that also to you if there's anything else. There may be something that God wants you to do. You have to make sure that what you are believing God for happens. And that's what I'm going to pray for right now. I'm going to pray that the Lord will give you the spirit of understanding. That's right. You know, that you will understand, you know, what he wants you to do in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over this room today. The Lord, you gave us the parable of the sower. You said when somebody hears the word of the kingdom and they don't understand it, then the enemy comes and plucks it out of their heart. So, Lord, I pray that your people that have been here today, they understand this. I pray for the spirit of understanding. You know, in all that getting, get understanding. <laughs> that they will understand this and know how to apply it for themselves. Not only in this room. This room was just only the beginning. And this room, as they go from this room, Lord, I pray that the impact of this room will follow them throughout all their days. Throughout today and every day. Take one day at a time, folks. Just one day at a time. Today, Lord, as we go through the rest of our day, let us remember this engagement with God. And let us begin to go through the day with understanding. I pray for understanding. I pray that your people be enabled with understanding to go forth and practice the word of God. Because the word of God already has the ability to sustain itself. We just need to, you know, align ourselves with it and begin to walk in that victory for everyone today no matter what it is that has been declared we have a cloud of witnesses angels that have listened to this today nobody else may have heard you you know but the lord heard you and your voice came to him it was as if there were 20 people speaking at the same time but it was as if you were the only one speaking you know that's the way it works with god you know you know he you know he filtered out everything else and heard that voice of faith you know and because you were that one 
that one person that touched him, the Lord says, thy faith has made the whole. You can have whatsoever that you have believed God for today. Father, we thank you for everyone that has come into this room. We thank you for our speakers. We thank you for the listeners. We thank you for every one of us, our lives. You know, we thank you because even our own stories are being written. Though all those stories that were written in the uh, Hebrews chapter 11, that was then, but this is now. We are here now. You know, and our stories are also being written. Hallelujah. And at, at the end of the days, when we stand before God, the books shall be open. Not just the book of life, but all the other books will be open. And I want to see my exploits in their faith exploits. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. And the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Strong. I pray that everyone will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. That you go forth and you do exploits. Oh God, the psalmist says, forsake me not until I have shown thy glory to everyone in this generation and thy power to all the that are yes to come. Father, let us be a full expression of the kingdom power as we go through our days, you know, showing this world just like Christ did, showing the world how to be a son of God. In our days also, the creature is waiting for your manifestation as a son of God. Walk in this victory. Go in the words of Isaiah. Put your face like a flint, knowing that the Lord God will help you and that you will never be confounded. Behold, saith the Lord, I lay in Zion, O a rock and a sure foundation. A sure foundation have I laid in Zion. And he that believeth on him shall not make haste. I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone. I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, a sure foundation, a tried stone. A precious cornerstone, he that believeth shall not make his wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, wonderful, mighty God. I lay in Zion. For a foundation a stone I lay in Zion For a foundation a stone A tried stone A precious cornerstone He that believeth shall not make his A tried stone A precious cornerstone he that believeth shall not make his. Hallelujah. The word of God is tried. And it will be tried in your life. But it's a precious corner. So it's an anchor. It cannot be removed. You hang on that anchor. And you don't need to make haste. You will not be confused. And you will not be put to shame. But you will put to flight the enemy. 
And because you have believed God with other people that believe today, your prayer and your faith may have chased a thousand. This combination will put to flight 10,000. God bless you all. God bless you all. Uh, this is Pastor Yato. I'm going to let my wife uh, do some closing announcements. We have some other things going on. I'm going to let her do some closing announcements. And then um, we also want to hear from others who are in the room. If you have something else going on that you want us to be a part of. Supporting one another. Showing strength in collaboration. That's what this clubhouse is all for if we understand how to use it right. So, Ani, I turn it over to you to give us closing announcements, and then let's see if anybody else has something else they want to invite us to. God bless you.